Now they will know why they are afraid of the dark. Now they will learn why they fear the night. Welcome, cinephiles, to another episode of the Cinephobia Podcast, part of the YouTube channel Cinephobia, your home for all things cinema and scary. I'm your host with the most, JP. Our guests today on the cast are the team behind the new dark comedy feature film, This Sucks, including writer-director Cameron Mitchell, special effects makeup artist Sadie Mars, and one of the lead actors, Michael Hooper. This Sucks premieres at the Golden State Film Festival at the Chinese Theater on February 25th. We have writer-director Cameron here to tell us all about it now. This is a dark comedy, but it also has hints of horror in it as well. Yeah. So I, we were actually, uh, it's funny, we were discussing this as we were walking up, the three of us. So I describe it as a dark comedy about depression. Uh, very much it's, you know, the main character, Jess, she's depressed. She's laying in bed. She's spending all of her time. You know, she's not cleaning herself. She's not cleaning the apartment. It's a problem with her roommates, uh, and she has this uh, demon character who is the physical manifestation of her depression. And so, you know, for the most part, M Michael plays the demon. He also plays her uh, terrible ex-boyfriend, Jake. And so, you know, a lot of these demons, they have overlap with different characters in the movie. Mm. And so, uh, but at first, we don't, we don't fully explain what's going on. So all we see is uh, Jess, she's depressed, she's going through, it takes place in Christmas of 2020. Mm. Um, so there's a lot obviously going on in the world back then and she's dealing with that and she's trying to kind of find her place within all of that. Um, but before we establish that it's more of a comedy, I kind of wanted to play around with this horror bent. And so we have this sort of like moody atmosphere where we're not really sure what's going on. We know there are these demons, these creatures in the house, but we don't really know what they are. Mm. And so there's kind of a moment early on where we pivot and we make it clear that that's what's going on. But I've always loved horror. I think everybody who knows me is kind of surprised that my first movie wasn't a horror movie. Um, you know, most of the scripts I write, they're horror movies or they have horror themes, things like that. Right. Uh, so it was kind of fun for me, knowing that this was a comedy and kind of a drama in places too, to get to play around with a lot of those horror aesthetics and tropes and themes. And that, that was fun for me. It was fun for a composer too, because she got to do some scary music. And Charlotte is, she's... She's the best. She's terrific. But she had a lot of fun with the horror parts of the movie. And and is she a fan of horror films? Has she scored any horror films before? She's, I think she's scored, well, she's scored my horror films. Uh, <laughs> my, I, was I was like, I know she's done something. Uh, uh, so she, she scored uh, most of my previous short films. Okay. And one of them was a thriller with some horror elements. And then one of them was kind of like a dark horror kind of drama thing. And so she did those. Nice. Now, even though the movie has some Christmas elements in it, I think mm -hmm. you've been pretty adamant that is not a Christmas film. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to say that that's another one of my expressions at this point. You know, it, it takes place at Christmas, but it's not a Christmas movie. Um, you can see Sadie here. She's wearing one of our. Uh, oh, snap. We had uh, one of our the companies we worked with was called the Ugly Sweater Company, and they made us these sweaters mostly for the demons to wear. So uh, the Jake demon has this silly Christmas sweater. But, you, you know, if you look closer, it's got like little covid particles and little toilet paper <laughs> and things like that. So and they made it specifically for they the made film. Them, yeah, they made three different sweaters wow. and they gave us uh, four of each. 
And so at the end, the cast and crew just pillaged them, and she got this one. Awesome. Years later in the movie. So did you give them designs for these, and then they made them, or did they give you like a, a list of options? It was a little bit of both. Um, okay. So our other producer, Melissa, she and I sat down and we made these very rough designs together. Okay. Um, for each of the sweaters, and we sent those to their artists and their designers, and then they kind of finalized them, sent it to us, and said. You know, is this something that you'd be, you know, do you like this? And we said, yeah, absolutely. They look terrific. So that that it was kind of a collaboration between us and the company. So I think, you know, what my next question is going to be. Did you bring an ugly Christmas sweater for me? I wish I did. I didn't even get an ugly Christmas. Oh, sweater. Yeah. no. We only had a handful. And so when it came time to kind of dole them out at the end, Michael got one. Sadie got one. The actors got one. Our DP Gene got one, so you know there just there wasn't enough to go around. But uh, next time I'll work on that. Well, now what is this that you're wearing right here? This is not an ugly Christmas sweater. It's not a fur coat. At it's least not. I don't think it is. No, no, it's okay. not. It's not. It's uh, it's an ugly something else, and that's actually the uh, the legs that I had to wear for the shoot as the uh, oh. as the demon. So oh. the whole time I was playing the demon, I was painted in red, uh -huh. and then I also had these like I don't know if you. Call these like goat legs. Goat legs. Or, yeah, yeah goat legs. Okay. For, yeah, yeah. kind of like scary goat legs. Okay, um, a little Krampusy kind of feel to yeah, it. Yeah, kind of a Krampusy like feel. Like that. Okay. And uh, so I had these on, and I uh, also had these little hooves on as well. Yeah. Right oh, nice. Yeah, and um, but you know what's funny is this makes a great uh, scarf in the it winter. It looks very comfortable. Yeah. Honestly. yeah. So you know and. Wintertime, I just throw this on and nice. you know, everyone thinks it's really stylish. Hang out with the homeless people, fit right in. Yeah, in LA, this is a fashion statement. It is, yeah. it is. He's not lying, he's yeah. not lying. Well, we had, uh, we had another company that we were working with. They're based in Illinois and they're called uh, Zagoni Studios and they do monster makeup. They do things like this. They do, uh, you know, some of the similar special effects thing that Sadie does. Okay. And so that was another company that we reached out to and we said, hey, would you be interested in helping us create these demons? Mm. And so they sent us, again, four pairs of the demon legs and hooves. And so we had, uh, there's four demons in the movie. I won't give away who they are, but we had two different styles of demon legs that we shared. Okay. Uh, the ones Michael wore, you can tell that this is the pair that he wore because they're stained very red. <laughs> uh, there was lots of, yeah, you, I don't know if you can see it on camera. There we go. But there we go. Lots of red stuff. And so we figured, you know, we since this is such a horror theme podcast, we kind of lean into that and have Michael wear the legs. But uh, I like this this shawl fur coat idea much more than if you that just works great put too. your legs great. up on the table. This is working. <laughs> there you me. go. It's great. It's cozy. It's comfy. It's keeping me warm. You know? Now, what's the name of the company that made these? And how did you find them? How did you end up reaching out to them? Uh, so they're called Zagoni Industries. I think we just, uh, our producer Teresa just reached out. We were looking for collaborators. We were looking for, you know, different wardrobe things, different costume things. Nice. And Zagoni was willing to work with us and they were super excited about it. And, you know, they got it to us really quickly too. I think after we kind of locked everything in, it took less than a week for the box to show up. Wow. So that was, it was pretty quick turnaround. It was great working with them. So what made you want to tell this story in particular? Was the topic of depression something that really hits home for you? Is, is that part of why you wanted to tell the story? Yeah, that's definitely part of it. It kind of had a weird meandering road towards becoming the project that it became. Um, you know, it started out, there was, it was just initially a scene for a friend's acting reel that I had written for her and mm -hmm. we ultimately didn't do that, but I kind of built off that scene because, um, when I was speaking with her, uh, Sadie, uh, used to be my roommate and she had just moved in and she was showing me her portfolio and I got, I thought it was really cool. And she was showing me these demon characters that she created. And so when I was talking to this friend, Jessica, who Jess in the movie is named after, 
um, she, uh, I was, I was spitballing these ideas for these scenes. And one of the things I came up with was one of our opening scenes. It's this character, she's doom scrolling on her phone. Everything seems dire, everything seems awful. And then uh, she gets a text from this shitty ex-boyfriend character. Um, she puts her phone down and then she looks, there's no toilet paper. And so she's looking around for a replacement roll and then this demon hand reaches out and hands her the toilet paper roll. And she looks at him and you know, you're thinking like, is she scared? What's gonna happen? And then she just thanks him and goes on about her day. And then the demon is, you know, very accommodating. So it's kind of the silly mm. twist on the demons. Okay. Um, and so that was actually how it started. But then, you know, she, she and I didn't end up doing this together. And so, um, you know, we were, it was gonna be a web series for a little bit. And then I realized that there was maybe more to the story. Um, and then I wrote it as a feature, but you know, depression is something that I've struggled with my whole life. Um, you know, it's just something that I feel like is relevant to a lot of people, um, Absolutely, whether yeah. or not they are comfortable discussing it or totally. even comfortable, you know, thinking about it for themselves. But, you know, in addition to that, um, you know, we do have this, this setting and this, oh, you're good. The setting and timeline as a backdrop, you know, Christmas of 2020. Uh, protests are happening. People are, you know, thousands of people every day are dying of COVID. Like there's all of these terrible things happening. Very volatile time. Very volatile time. Yeah. And, you know, the main character, Jess, has dealt with a lot of the things that I dealt with during that time. So she would go to, you know, she had, I was very active in these protests. I was very, you know, there was a, a period of time where I was going out every single day mm. to different places. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was, the 2020 protest, it was the largest uh, protest movement in American history, mm. both in terms of the amount of actions happening, but also the amount of people going to these actions. Mm -hmm. Bigger than the civil rights movement, bigger than any other protest action in history. Oh, really? And I then two years later, nothing has changed. Right. Very little has changed. I mean, police departments are getting record level budgets. They're killing records amount, record amounts of people every year. Um, so it's really kind of disheartening to see how much you know how much momentum there was then and right. then how little it ended up actually making a difference right and so you know i i, I don't want to say that the movie is a covid movie because i feel like that can be kind of loaded in certain ways but right. it definitely is the backdrop and it definitely influences uh the character of jess and you know her depression mm. and at the same time she's dealing with you know she has uh she has these boyfriend issues with jake uh, she, uh, her mother is white and she's, Jess is a black woman mm. and her, you know, the way April and I, who April plays Jess and the way April and I discussed this was Jess has a mom who never realized that her daughter is black. And so she has this very clueless, very kind of racially insensitive mom who just does not understand mm. the things that she's going through and who just cannot be there for her. And so she's struggling with a lot of those issues as well. So it's, you know, there's more personal things, but also it's a little bit, you know, on a grander, bigger scale of right. what's going on in the world and what's going on in America. Specifically, she's dealing with a lot of that all at the same time. So dealing with a lot of uh, topical subjects mm -hmm. uh, going on, such as uh, the police brutality and the protests and uh, COVID and everything. What was the most challenging parts of filming this thing for you personally? Um, well, uh, I guess on a... Um, purely, you know, production level, we shot the movie in nine days, which, wow. yeah, it was a 96 page script and we had nine days to shoot it. Uh, we had a very short window of time that we had access to our location. Uh, uh, so we were shooting at our producer Teresa's house okay. up in Santa Clarita, um, just before she moved back into it. And so it was September, 2021 and she was set to move into her house in the middle of the month and the tenants had moved out the month before. And so there was this 
basically two week window we had uh-huh. to shoot this movie here. And she was super game. She was like, yeah, let's use my house. Let's do it. We'll, you know, go treat it as a, a soundstage, nice. which was awesome. It was terrific. Um, but yeah, we just had this short window. So we had nine days to shoot the feature. And, you know, they're even at 96 pages, you know, my DP Gene, uh, our producer, Melissa, was also serving as the AD. So a lot of us were kind of like crunching things like the the shot list and the schedule and things like that. But that was tough to make that work. Did you shoot them all consecutively? Not really. Uh, we, sh- we shot some things consecutively. We shot a lot of things out of order. I think okay. the biggest determiner in our scheduling was the demons. Mm. And so the, these demon transformations took about four mm. hours to do. Yeah. And wow. so we could really only do one a day and we had to start very, very early. And so yeah. uh, I was living up at the house. Sadie was living up at the house. Um, our producer Ali was living up at the house. And so when we had these demon days, as we called them, the demon would show up at about 4 a.m. And so I would wake up every day at 3 and start, you know, making coffee, putting out breakfast. Uh, our makeup assistant, who was amazing, her name is Nicole Goulet, she would show up uh, at about 3.45. Um, <laughs> and so the three of us, and then Michael would roll in at 4. Oh, my God. Or, or, you know, whoever was playing our demon that day would roll up at 4. And so the three of us were just kind of like the, the morning team with these very <laughs> early mornings. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the crew would roll in. We, I think most of the days we shot roughly from like 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Okay. Uh, Cause we had some evening stuff that we wanted to get through, but not too much. Um, so the rest of the crew would show up at nine, 10, something like that. And then the demon would be either just finished or almost finished. So we kind of scheduled around that. So you said it took about four hours to do the demon look in total. Um, I was wondering, Sadie, if you could tell us a little bit about um, the process for doing this. How did you come up with the look of the demons? Was there any certain inspiration that you got from art or other films or anything like that? So the demon characters were, um, well, Cameron and I collaborated. Uh, He came to me and he was like, these are the general like this is the general guidelines of what I want you to build off of. And then he allowed me to like kind of take control after that. Okay. Um, mainly he wanted uh, them to be like based off of the classic red devil type mm. demon. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted me to like go through each character and um, make them unique to the character. So what we ended up deciding on doing was um, I made horns for each of the demons and they were based off of different things. Um, I don't know if we can say that. <laughs> you can say it. I know exactly what you're thinking. Go for it. So for Michael's character, um, he was Jess's asshole ex-boyfriend. So <laughs> his horns were supposed to be, um, can I can I say? They were little penises. Yeah, there you go. That? Yeah, go okay. for it. So they were little penises. Uh, and it took, I think only one person on the on the. Uh, she caught on to what they were because oh. we didn't tell anybody. I don't okay. Who that was. I don't. I think it was. I think it was one of the PAs. It wasn't even. I didn't know. <laughs> Michael, you didn't. You, this is the first time you're hearing this. Oh. You didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They so look like penises. They look like they evoked penises. They okay. Yeah. Penile. Some phallicness Phallic, to it. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So HR Geiger kind of phallic image. Ah, great inspiration. Because he's a dickhead. Exactly. It makes sense. So we made him literally a dickhead. Okay. So that. Um, that one was like, I think those were the most fun making because I had to make them not super obvious, but 
also I knew what I was doing. I was like, this is really funny. And you created these <laughs> from scratch, like yeah. using like prosthetics or? So I made them with like crafts. Um, I, I've i made so many different horns I while I, like I over that summer. I think I them. ended up, for the ones we ended up filming with, I think it was tinfoil that I used mod, uh, Mod Podge and I wrapped like twine around it and mm. I just like hardened it and spray painted it and then made them into like hair clips. Oh, okay. Um, but it took several trial and errors and I don't remember exactly what, which ones we ended up using. Mm -hmm. But so there was that. And then um, there was another character in another demon character who really likes the color um, purple. So I mm. made sure to include purple in some details like around her eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of just built off of that, the classic red devil, but then I made them unique to that actual character as well as the character that they that the demon is based off of okay so nice yeah it was a lot of fun <laughs> so you worked with cameron before on on other short films is that right or is this the no, first time that you worked together first, actually yeah so you and i were working on this sucks but we had filmed oh, okay. um for driven we mm -hmm. we traveled for another mm. film that they were working on as well okay um but no i had met cameron like two months before you asked me to work on the film, I think something like that. Something oh, like that. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, um, so, so you kind of got on board with this. Was this your first feature film that that you did special effects makeup for? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, it is. Now, what was the difference? Would you say between working on like shorter films doing special effects makeup and a feature film? What What was the most challenging aspect or or the difference between that? I think just there wasn't a whole lot of differences in terms of like makeup mm. the biggest challenge was how long we had to film for mm. a feature film in nine days versus a short film spread out over maybe like two weekends doing like two days every right. weekend is what i'm used to for like short films the feature film i really struggled with how long it was and like cameron had mentioned i had 18 hour days we had long days yeah we wow. had really long days i was working on no sleep um and i actually i was struggling a lot with just remaining focused and right. not feeling so scatterbrained mm -hmm. i realized later i have i have adhd and i didn't <laughs> know that um so it was really 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 hard for me and after this sucks i had to take a little bit of a break because i was like that it felt like we filmed for like three months mm -hmm. because it was just so intense for me right. the 18 hour days every yeah, single day totally. i loved you didn't it go home either so i didn't go us, home you know we were living at you were location. locked in on there that's so, kind of yeah. cool though that you guys got to stay on location it you was. know you didn't have to drive back home every day and then set yeah. up the next day it's kind of cool yeah. yeah um but i felt like a zombie by the end of it um so i needed time Fair. to like recoup and then i also got diagnosed with adhd so now i think i feel like it would be a much different experience now that i know kind of more about my own brain. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I don't really know because uh, short films before where it was kind of just like long days, but it was only like two of them. The feature film was nine days and it was 18 hours mm -hmm. for nine days. Um, mm. I have not worked on... 16 hours. 16 hours, I thought yeah. they were 18 hours. No, because we never went over 12 for everybody it else. Felt we like went over 12, uh, but yeah. we were, it was pretty important that everybody, you know, besides 
us. Absolutely. Got, you know, the proper turnaround time. Yeah. I mean, 16 hour days isn't great. It either, didn't feel like that because I also <laughs> had the to shower. Show. Yes. Yeah. It's because a totally different beast, a uh, feature film. You know, it's kind of yeah. like a, a marathon that you're in the middle of, you know, yes. just trying to stay focused, just trying to make the most of your time. Yes. Um, so, Cameron, this is your first feature film that you've done. What did you learn about directing a feature length film that is different from directing uh, other short films that you've done? In a lot of ways, we tried to approach it because it's a very contained story. Most of it takes place in the house that the roommates are quarantining in. Mm -hmm. You know, we ha we go outside sometimes, we go to other places, things like that. But a lot of it does take place in that house. Okay. And so because it's so small, it's a small cast, you know, we tried to keep it very contained and manageable, both for, you know, uh, production reasons, logistic reasons, but also just for safety reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, we were, you know, COVID still a thing. And so right. we we're trying to be very conscious of that. Um, but, uh, so in a lot of ways we kind of did approach it like it was just a big short film, mm -hmm. but then, you know, it, there's a lot of things that you just can't really do the same way, you know, and I've always been of the opinion that if you think you're over-prepared, you're still under-prepared. So, you know, if you think you're giving 110%, give 150 and mm. you'll still be giving like 60. <laughs> and this, you know, taught me that lesson so much more because, you know, walking in, you'd think, okay, I know my shot list. I know my script. I know where everybody needs to be. Um, but then there's just these details that you don't think of, or, you know, if you have, if you're trying to get through, let's say a scene has six different shots, you can have an idea of where these are, but then if you have to change something, all of a sudden it changes a lot of other things. Right. And so really for me, it was just about that preparation. You know, we, me, Gene, Andrew, Sadie, the actors, Teresa, everybody was so prepared and so on top of it. But there was just all these things that you couldn't predict. And so there was still a lot more preparation that we could have done that we just didn't realize needed to happen. It necessitates being quick on your toes. You got to you got to mm -hmm. be a problem solver. You got to exactly. be able to to pivot whenever something arises mm -hmm. that, that that causes the plan to change. Um, Michael, is this the first feature film that you've worked on? Yeah. Yeah. This is the first nice. feature film uh, I got the opportunity to work on. And um yeah, I mean, it was it was an incredible experience. How many of the, of the nine days were you on set for this? I think Most it was. Yeah, I want to say like maybe six days or seven days. Yeah. Okay. It was it was a long time. Um, and like Sadie said, I mean, it, it literally felt like it was you know three months yeah. of shooting just because we had such long days and um, a majority of those days I was covered in red paint. So was that uncomfortable at times? No, it was great. <laughs> Hint of sarcasm <laughs> there, perhaps. That <laughs> no, was it. Was definitely uh, uncomfortable. Um, not only that, but I had you know um, some some cool like uh, VFX makeup, like uh, kind of thing. Yeah, like liquid latex and uh -huh. stuff that that Sadie and her uh, her partner like put on me. Uh -huh. And um, that was that definitely added to the uh, the struggle of. Well, it added to the length tell, of the day. Tell but, them yeah. about the, uh, the hardest part of the costume, the part that you really loved so much that nobody else had to do. The tiny penises. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to deal with that every day. Every day. You know. Every day. <laughs> it's a struggle. <laughs> I feel you. Stand with you in solidarity. <laughs> no, the, the context. Oh, my gosh. The context. Oh. Did you forget about the context? Uh, no, no, I trust you. suppress that memory? <laughs> I know those can be very uncomfortable to wear for a long period of time. Well, I have never had... Contacts. I have perfect vision. Uh, I grew up playing baseball, so my my vision, baseball players' vision is always really good. Mm, okay. And so Cameron texts me. He's like, "Hey, you have an appointment at the uh, the contact like facility or whatever." Mm. So I I go in there. Sorry. 
Um, so I show up to this, uh, where was that? That was like an optic. I, I actually don't remember. It was just an eye doctor. It was like, a, yeah, where. it was an eye doctor. Yeah. And um, she gave me these like contact lenses to practice putting them in my eye. Mm -hmm. And I shit you not, I was there for probably an hour and a half just trying to get one contact in. Oh <laughs> just my God. One contact yeah. in my eye. Was it just very painful trying to do it? Or? It was just, I've, I've never done it before. Mm. So I was like, it, it kind of weirded me out to like, tuck yeah, my eye, yeah. Know? I remember the first time I tried to put in contacts. It's yeah. like a very weird yeah. feeling to just be like almost trying to poke your eye. Yeah, exactly. But they had this demon eye look, so they were colored and they had they reshaped his pupil. Yeah. And our other demons, we we only had them for a day each, and so uh -huh. we decided, okay, we're not going to go to this whole thing for those. But because the Jake demon is there so much of the film, he's mm. in almost every single scene that Jess is in, okay. which is almost every single scene. Right. We really wanted to go that extra mile. And so we tortured poor Michael and got him these contacts. Yeah. Um, and by the end of it, I feel like you were at least getting the hang of putting them in. Yeah, yeah. Towards... I think Melissa showed you like a finger trick. To yeah, do yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Melissa, she showed us or she showed me this this like way to like open my eye and do it. And honestly, by the end of it, I was a master at it. Like yeah. I was, it was in and out. But the first two, three days, mm -hmm. it, I remember I had to show up early because I had to put the contacts in before I could put the makeup on. Mm -hmm. And we knew like, Sadie knew that, okay, Michael was gonna take an hour to put the contacts in. So I'm gonna wait an hour and then put the makeup so on. So Michael would leave at 10 and come back at midnight to put the contact on to be ready by four, exactly, basically. Exactly. Um, so that was, would yeah. you take them out in between takes or would you leave them in the whole day? No, I left them in the whole day. Just because wow. I didn't wanna have to go through that struggle. Totally. And once totally. once he has the red makeup on too, yeah, it's like we can't have him pulling stuff off. Because yeah. it messes up the makeup. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, it would just put red paint in his eyeball, which wouldn't be ideal. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. So, so you had to get there at 4 a.m. In order to start getting the makeup applied, uh, did did you what what did you do for those four hours? Did you sit and read a magazine? Look on your phone? Did you fall asleep? Did you nap? What did what you do? I feel like you guys had a lot of fun doing. I that. was I loved it honestly. It was it was really relaxing, like getting the makeup put on me, and I would just kind of like be on my phone, or I'd be talking to Sadie or Nicole, um, and it was nice. Like I had people to keep me company. Like at around six and seven, like some more people started trickling, so I would talk to them. Okay, but there were times when you know I had to stay still because they were putting the makeup on right, me. So I had to right. just sit there and I have ADHD too. And I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> shaking, trying to sit still. Um, but it was, it was actually not, not too bad. I actually enjoyed it. The, the makeup process. It was just the, the contacts were, yeah. were the mm -hmm. biggest issue for me. So after this experience playing a role with a lot of heavy makeup, w would you do it again? Would you do another um, special effects makeup heavy role? Honestly, I would. I would, yeah. Okay. I definitely would. Just probably not contact. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Let's try to avoid the contacts if possible. Yeah. So, uh, Cameron, you have this film premiering. The big premiere is happening. Yeah. Um, it's on February 25th. February 25th, yeah. It, this is the firm, first film festival that you guys are in. It's the mm -hmm. Golden State Film Festival. Mm -hmm. And you guys are premiering at the Chinese Theater. That's really oh, dope. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm can, excited. Can you tell us a little bit more about the premiere? Um, is anybody able to come out and get tickets and view it? Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, we don't have that ticket information yet. Okay. Um, hopefully, we're going to get that any day now, ticket and scheduling information. So all we know is February 25th. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's it's open to the public. Tickets will be available. We'll be, you know, we'll be selling the hell out of it because we want to fill the theater up. Hell yeah. Um, but we're kind of treating it because it's in Hollywood. We're treating it as this big party 
for our cast, our crew, our investors are going to come down. My mom is going to fly down. Nice. Like, Where's your mom flying down from? Alaska. Alaska. Yeah, so I'm, I'm from Anchorage, Alaska, which is not as exciting as it sounds. I, I promise, did but not know this. It's uh, interesting. It's, it's it's like a five hour flight, and so she's coming down for a long weekend to see it. Nice. Um, but yeah, so we just we kind of just want to make it a whole big to do because absolutely, we've, you know, we're we're submitting to some other festivals, but none in Hollywood, none in L.A. So they're all you know, New York, Atlanta, things like that. So right. this is kind of our chance to show the film to. Uh, the cast and crew, because again, we shot this over a year ago mm. and post-production has been, it's been a long process, but we've been making it happen. We've been getting it done. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's really important, you know, because I've been an indie filmmaker for such a long time with short films and web series and other things. It's always important to me and to my uh, other producer partner, Andrew, too, to finish everything that we start. Absolutely. Because, you know, when you have people who are giving you their time and they're, you know, putting their passion into your projects, like it's really important to give them something back, giving them footage for their reels, giving them, you know, this credit, showing them that, okay, you know, you're, you're, you're helping us. So we want to help you. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's kind of all, all, you know, what's the saying that uh, rising tide raises all boats. Mm. It's very similar to that. And so for me, this is a really cool opportunity to be local, be at this really great venue as part of this really terrific festival. Uh, you know, there's a red carpet, there's awards, there's an opening party. We're going to do an wow. after party afterwards. So, we just we want to go all out and kind of show our appreciation to everybody who helped us make this movie. Well, keep your eye out, folks, because it's premiering then. Whenever you can let us know about tickets, I can yeah, put absolutely. a link in the description for the video. That Thank way you. people can check it out. Um, so after the, the the premiere at the film festival, what are your plans for this film? Do you have a distribution deal set up? Are you looking to shop it around to distributors? What's your plan? We don't have a distribution deal yet. Um, we've had some soft conversations with distributors a couple sales agents, things like that, just sort of setting the stage. Yeah. Um, but the biggest issue that we've had is that this is my first feature. And, you know, for most of the actors, too, this is also their first feature. So there's really no one involved in this movie who this, you know, we're all making this movie together for the first time. Totally. And that was always the thing with other projects, you know, leading up to this over the years, we'd get close to funding or, you know, we'd have an investor interested or a mm-hmm. producer interested. And then they go, well, you know, he's a... He's a first-time director, so that's a little risky. So, mm. you know, come back come back in a couple years when you made a movie. Right. And, you know, I've always thought, like, how do you... It's, it's this weird conundrum because how do you not have first-time directors if no one wants to take a risk on exactly. a first-time director? Exactly. So this script gave us a really good opportunity for me to just say, okay, fuck it. What if I'm not a first-time director anymore? Let's yeah. just go out and make a movie. And so that's what we're doing. But with distribution... It's it's not as it's not as risky, but it is that same thing. You can't really get in the room until you have a thing to show. Right. And so we you know, we've had these conversations and people are expecting us, um, but we're pretty focused on Golden State right now on the premiere. But once that happens, then we're going to immediately turn around and really try and hit the ground running as far as distribution goes, because like I said, I want to, you know, we owe it to our investors. We owe it to our crew, our cast. Like we want to find this movie the best possible home that we can find for it. Absolutely, yes. Michael. Do you have any uh, projects coming out, or is there a, a place where people can find you, either on social media, fan page, anything like that? Yeah. Um, so my Instagram is uh, mh hoop, um, and I well I have two Instagrams, but the one my acting Instagram, the one I'm trying to grow, is uh, mh hoop. Okay. Um, and I also have a website. It's michaelhhooper.com. So you'll see links to my uh, my reel, my IMDb, some headshots, uh, some stuff like that. 
Um, and then I do have some stuff coming out. So I actually just, um, well, I've been writing sketch comedy for a while. Like I love comedy. Uh, I grew up watching, you know, Key and Peele, Chappelle show, mm -hmm. um, South Park, family guy, all that stuff. And I absolutely love it. So naturally I just kind of have like, uh, a comedic, like, I guess, aura. And so I figured, you know, why not just start writing comedy? So I started writing and, um, I wrote like probably like 60 or 70, like short little skits. Oh, wow. And, um, I didn't know what to do with them. And I was doing a short film and this, uh, director, uh, said he was like trying to shoot comedy skits. And I was like, by chance, I was like, Oh, well, you know, I'll send you some stuff. And he really liked it. So we ended up shooting one of them in Vegas back in November, uh, which I just released on my Instagram. Uh, it's called Astrology Cops. Um, it's about two detectives who use astrology to catch the murder. Astrology um, Cops. Because we know, you know, astrology is extremely accurate and determining. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so. Absolutely. So um, we did that. And then I just wrapped up um, a short film actually two weeks ago. It was a, a SAG production. Yeah, I have a couple of those that I did. And then I'm just ideally I'm trying to shoot like 10 or 15 more yeah. uh, this year and maybe start like my own sketch comedy show or I don't know. We'll see what happens. But in the meantime, just writing and trying to get as much content out there as possible. I think it's the name of the game. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. That's the, what it is. The thing that I really appreciate about Michael, if I can gas you up for a second, he's really funny. And, you know, he has these very classic chiseled leading man looks. He uh, sure does. I cast, you know, a younger, handsomer version of myself, which is not a thing. Um, but uh, you Slightly know, more handsome. Slightly more handsome. Slightly, yeah. Just if a little that, bit. That, it's the know? shawl that really pulls it all together. <laughs> but um, we actually, so a lot, a lot of Jake's wardrobe in the movie came from my wardrobe. And so a lot of the time, you know, I wear like a lot of plaid shirts and things like that. So we'd have... Uh, Michael wearing my shirts, my clothes, my pants, my shoes. And so sometimes I'd, I'd turn around and I'd just see myself looking at me <laughs> and my brain would short circuit for a second. And then I'd go, it's Michael. And I go, oh, okay. back." But Michael is really funny and he's really committed to a lot of these things. And he has these, you know, I think there is something really special about honestly, like a guy who looks like you who can be funny and silly and play around with that. Like, you know, you look at somebody like Ryan Gosling or Channing Tatum and they, tr or Colin Farrell even, and they tried these very boring kind of like leading action star careers that didn't really work out. Nobody was really buying it. And right. then now they just do silly, goofy stuff. Mm -hmm. And it really and people works. people love it. Them. And people love it, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love that you are just, you're down for whatever. You're funny. You have this great sense of humor. You have this great sense of timing. Like so much of this movie is... Uh, well, not, not, not a lot, but there is definitely a certain amount of improvisation in the movie. Um, but the thing about, you know, Michael is he's, he's playing two different characters. Mm. And so he shows up as the shitty ex-boyfriend, but he's also out there as this demon. And in the post-process, it's so strange for me every time we cut to a scene where you're just Jake, because it's like two, two different people. Mm -hmm. And my brain has trouble putting that together that it's like, okay, this is Michael but also this is Michael, but red <laughs> yeah. and, and deep goat legs. But like, you know, we went to a, a gas station convenience store for one of our locations and he was in demon costume. And so while we're setting up shots, Michael's just walking around the convenience <laughs> store just like, hey, how you doing? And everybody's just like, what the hell is this guy doing? And Michael's just, you know, he's got the horns and he's got this big stupid wig and he's got the demon eyes and the makeup and the goat legs and just having a great time. Oh yeah. And one lady started 
as soon as I walked in, she started praying. <laughs> <laughs> she thought she saw a real she demon. Yeah. <laughs> and I really, I really appreciate that about you. I feel like everybody had this really great comedic vibe. And I appreciate that about you too, is, you know, we do dumb shit all the time. We're always <laughs> texting just nonsense back and forth. Uh -huh. And, you know, they, they both have this really, really terrific attitude, but also this really terrific sense of humor. And because when you're working those long days, like it is really important to have fun with it. Big time. And to, to know when to, you know, buckle down and get the work done, but also to just really enjoy what you're doing and recognizing that, you know, we're making, we're, we have the weirdest, dumbest, coolest job in the whole world as far <laughs> yeah, as I yeah. see it. Like, you know, we're, we're, we got lucky enough for nine days to get up every morning and make mm -hmm. a movie and make a weird, silly movie. And I think, you know, I appreciated having both of you guys involved because I feel like we all worked really well together in that sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Aww. I want to say too, I think it was a, uh, like you said, like it was really tight knit. Like by the end of it, we were all family. You mm -hmm. know, like, he showed up on the day that he wasn't even shooting just to hang out with us. Yeah. What? Like, That's yeah. love. That's love. <laughs> one thing I thought that, <laughs> one thing I found funny was uh, when Cameron was telling me what the character of Jake was supposed to wear. He was like, "Yeah, look for like you know like um, like plaid shirts and like jeans." He's like, "Really, just like a basic like." just like you know boring like he thinks he's dressed up but it's actually not mm -hmm. and i'm looking in my wardrobe and all that's all i have <laughs> that's all i have and, yeah. and i'm like oh i think i should be fine i think i have some stuff i think nice. i think the term i used was he he has no sense of style yeah yeah and then michael's looking at his closet and he's like oh i'm like damn i'm like <laughs> but we also had no clothes too yeah, yeah. so i also had awakening. no sense of style that's when I realized maybe I should start looking into, you know, some fashion. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Cameron, are there any other projects that you have coming up after this sucks? Are, are you working on the next script for the next feature or short? And also, where can people find you on social media if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So, on, so I guess I'll start with the social media. Um, our website is this uh, thissucksmovie.com. Okay. And so, it's, it's a pretty basic landing page, but we're using that to keep people updated on, you know, news about the movie. We're going to link to this interview here when it goes up. We're going to link to the ticket info. Um, it's a pretty consolidated uh, website, thissucksmovie.com. I am on Instagram. I am uh, at the communist is my personal Instagram. Tequila Mockingbird, our production company, is also on Instagram. That's, uh, I think, Tequila Mockingbird Prod. Mm. And so, you know, we're kind of balancing uh, using that one for updates and using my personal one for updates. Um, as far as other projects, yeah, I got uh, a couple things. We're... So at the same time that we've been doing this, we've also been making a feature documentary. Um, it's called Driven, the Tony Pearson story. It's about the legendary bodybuilder, Tony Pearson. Mm. Uh, my production partner, Andrew, he's directing that one. And uh, that one has had a really interesting road. We started in November of 2020, and we're probably going to finish it up within the next week or so. Um, so it's been a very tight timeline for both movies at the same time mm. with a very small team. Mm -hmm. A lot of it has just been you know, me and Andrew or me and Andrew and Teresa or me and Andrew and our sound person. And so it's just been this very like small team for both movies and making one feature is really hard. Making two features at the same time. Oh my is God, stupid. forget about it. So I don't, I don't recommend it. <laughs> so Sadie's, would you mind telling us a little bit where people can find you at on social media if they want to reach out or see more of your work? Yes. Yeah, so my website is ruthlesscosmoartistry.com. My Instagram handle and all social media actually is Ruthless Cosmo. Um, I am more focusing on my YouTube channel right now. I actually just started a series that is called Rape That Makeup, where I have my boyfriend compile 
um, like 10 different scenes from different horror films. And uh, I rate the makeup in Mm. which I thought like going off of like all of my knowledge from like makeup history, horror films, then versus now type of thing. Yeah. Um, I try to describe how I think that makeup was done. Um, if it's makeup or if it's editing, cause there was a lot of true, you know, sometimes you can't tell. Right. Um, so I'm working more on that project now. That first episode is out already though. So it's like an ongoing thing. Yes. Awesome. Well, everybody make sure that you go check these folks out. This sucks premieres at the Golden State Film Festival at the Chinese Theater on February 25th. Make sure you let us know what time it's going to be screening. That way I can let uh, all the audience members know. Yeah, absolutely. I'll let you know for sure. Hopefully in the next day or two. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. It was nice hearing about the film and uh, I can't wait to see it. Thank you. Thank you, man. Can't wait to share it. Don't forget to check out the other episodes of our podcast and click that like and subscribe button to show your support. As always, stay cheesy and remember, there's nothing to fear but film itself. I'll see you guys next time here on Cinephobia.